Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. Um, I want to talk about taking territory through synergy again. This is, this is the focus of the year. We will be diving in from 152 different angles. <laughs> Instead of 100, let's be clear. Uh, from a lot of different angles concerning how to take territory from the enemy through synergy. And synergy is when we come together and we do something and it pr- produces a greater effect than when you do it on your own. So if I just do it by myself, it's a thing. But if I do it with somebody else, it's a thing. right? It's a much bigger thing. It's, it becomes something far different because uh, you, you now can create momentum. You can create an empowering environment. God can move. And I believe that we are entering into a season where souls are going to be entering into the kingdom, which means, you know what, church, we got to do some things a little bit differently around here to make sure that every soul that, that comes to know Jesus can get equipped to walk with Jesus well. Okay. That was a great place to say amen. Hallelujah, pastor. Woo. Come on, preach. All right. Um, this, one of the first things the Lord wanted me to, as I was praying into this, and we talked, we actually broke down this concept of holiness last week. That message is online on our YouTube uh, and, and on our um, uh, sermons page on the website. But one of the realities of holiness is that God has set you apart. And when he sets you apart, it is not to look like everybody else. Can you say, I'm weird? weird. You might be holy. You're different. You're set apart for the purposes of God. Now, the world wants you set apart to look like everybody else. The world's not interested in you looking different, but God is. God is very interested in your holiness. I'm always moved by the fact that all throughout history, every time God made something or, or he increased relationship or he made a covenant, he actually created a system to make us holy. So when Adam and Eve fall in the garden, what does he do? He creates a sacrificial system, the shedding of blood, so that you could still be set apart and in contact with him. Right, We see that when the floods came and Noah is on the ark, he comes out and he gets this covenant of this rainbow saying, I will never do this again. And he sets apart his family through sacrifices and offerings. First thing that they do when they hit the ground. Cover the sin, right? Because the sin is what makes us unholy. It defiles us. And holiness comes. God made, made the law to make us holy. The sacrificial system. And of course, we know that in Christ, Jesus came to provide a way for us to be holy and for the spirit of the living God to dwell within us. This is amazing. It's just absolutely amazing. It takes you and the Holy Spirit to live holy. 
It takes you and the Holy Spirit to live holy. How many of you ever tried to live holy without the Holy Spirit? (laughs) It doesn't work very well. I mean, you can willpower your way somewhere, right? Like you can, your willpower can, some people got some strong willpower and they can just fight through and fight through. But, But let me tell you, that's about performance, not about relationship. And God wants us to have a depth of relationship with God to where we are no longer fighting with willpower. We're fighting by the Spirit of God who empowers. Amen. Amen. You can fight to get things right and you can follow all the religious rules and the codes of conduct. But the truth is, is that right action doesn't make you holy. Right action, I'll say it, I just love messing with people. I feel it. Right action does not make you holy. It is the Spirit of God working in you through the blood of Jesus that sets you apart. I want to just read a quick story out of Scripture, out of John chapter 8 as we open up this morning. Jesus went, I'm in John chapter 8. Verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees brought to him a woman caught in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. Now Moses, in the law, commanded that such should be stoned. The punishment for the sin is death. That's what they're saying. But what do you say? This they said, testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger as though he did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus spoke to them, the crowd again, and said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity this morning to seek your word, to encounter your goodness, to walk in power, to encounter holiness again. Father, I ask that you would do a, 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 I pray that you would do a work in our hearts that breaks every bondage in our life, that we would be people who are fully set apart to you. Father, I'm also asking that your spirit would speak through this voice with clarity. They didn't come to hear me, God, they came to hear you. So, Father, I am asking that you would speak with might and with power. Holy Spirit, we don't just invite you here. We give you the room. Have your way today. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Amen. So, beautiful story about being set apart. Somebody who's caught in the midst of a sin that was worthy of death in the Old Testament. And Jesus says, I'm not going to condemn you. Just stop. Right? Go and sin no more. Right? See, Jesus... Jesus brought to the earth a different understanding of the law and a different understanding of what it meant to have life in Christ, in Him. He taught us a different way. And I just want to tell you, holiness is being set apart and we know that the blood of Jesus is the door to holiness. The blood of Jesus is the door to holiness. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19. Says this, knowing that you were not redeemed. Say redeemed. This is the concept that I was not worthy to know God. And for me and God to have an intimate relationship. I, with the sin in my life, was not worthy to be with God. And yet, what God did was He sent His Son to pay the price so that all of my sin is paid in full. That's what redeemed means. All of my sin has been paid in full at the cross. So He says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and spot. Jesus was perfect and sinless and it was his death on the cross that actually paid for me in all of my brokenness, in all of my failures, in all of my garbage so that I wouldn't have to pay the price. Jesus pays it for me. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. Say delivered. He has delivered us. He has brought us away from and rescued us from the power of darkness and conveyed us, pushed us into, brought us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption. We've been redeemed. We've been paid for. He has paid the price for your sin. All of your failure, He has paid the price for your sin. I believe that some of us like to judge it as if He only paid for the good sins. Not the really dirty ones. Not the really bad ones. I'm going to beat myself up for those. I'm going to continue to make sure that I I, I feel low and and as worthless as possible because ah, I did that really, really bad thing. No, he paid it all for all of your sin. Through his blood, he gave the forgiveness of all of your sins. That means that he has wiped the slate clean. It's a simple truth, but we have to get it. You have been washed clean. If you believe in Jesus, all of the failures, all of the mistakes... All of this it has been washed clean. This is the doorway into relationship with Jesus. Forgiveness 
is the door to holiness. It opens up the pathway for us to have a different life than we had before. Amen? There's a divine work that is done when we receive the forgiveness of sins. The things that make us defiled, broken, sinful, and that dishonored God, they are wiped away. And you know what that makes you? Holy. When you receive the forgiveness of sin, you are made holy. You are fully set apart for God. When you come to Christ and you ask for forgiveness, He wipes you clean. You are made holy. I I feel like we got to get it. Stop trying so hard. Let his blood make you holy. Be, uh, we're going to talk about it because there, there's things that God wants to shift and move and change in our lives which require our active involvement. But we have to come to the place of understanding that it is by his blood that I can stand before a righteous God, a righteous judge, and he says, you are justified. You are no longer, you are no longer the sinner that you were. That's not you anymore. And because of that, it drives us to live a different life. When you recognize that you've been forgiven, God can now move in you. Freely move in you. See, instead of it being a battle to do what God asks you to do, when you actually receive forgiveness, you like want to do the thing God wants you to do. You got a different want to, right? Your want to is not broken anymore, right? When you receive the forgiveness of sin, you're able to move forward into a relationship with God where when he draws you and he pulls you, you go, yes, God, I want to do that. Yeah, I know it's different. And I know, God, you don't want me to do that anymore because that's unholy, but you want me to do this because it is holy and it is right. And we're no longer fighting over, well, God, I really enjoy the unholy. (laughs) We do that. We like, let him forgive you and cleanse you and wash you so that your want to isn't broken anymore. Amen. The next thing is that the spirit empowers lifestyle change. The Spirit empowers lifestyle change. We have a pernicious lie in our society today that that tells us that our desire equals our identity. That what we want is who we are. Think about this. Whether it's your sexuality, whether it's money, an entrepreneur, whether you're talking about whether you're single or married, We identify ourselves based on our desire. It's a lie. What you want is not who you are. Uh, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10 out of the voice translation. It says, do you need reminding that the unjust have no share in the blessings of the kingdom of God? Do not be misled. Say misled. Come on, church, we got to be grounded in the truth. Do not be misled. 
a lot of people stand to inherit nothing of God's coming kingdom, including those whose lives are defined by, say defined by. These are all the wrong things to define yourself by. Sexual immorality. Well, I like this sexually. That means that's who I am. That's not true. It's just not who you are. Idolatry, adultery, sexual deviancy, theft, greed, drunkenness, slander, and swindling. Listen to this. He says in verse 11, Lord, I love you. All right. Some of you used to. Some of you used to. Some of you used to live in these ways, but you are different now. Some of you used to define yourself that way, but you're different now. Some of you used to see yourself that way, but you're different now. You're different now. Why? Because you've been cleansed. You've been washed. And when you're washed and you're cleansed, you view the world differently. You used to think this way, but you are different now. You have been washed clean, set apart, restored, and set on the right path in the name of the Lord Jesus, the anointed by the Spirit of our living God, by the Spirit. You used to be. You used to be. But you're different now. You used to be, but now you're different. Now you don't have to define yourself in those terms anymore. You're different now. You've been washed clean. You have been set apart, made holy. Guys, you guys get that? Holy, set apart, holy. Now, listen, you've been redefined. Why? For the purposes of God himself who made you. He set you apart so that you could do something that you could never do on your own. There is synergy between you and God. When you come to God and he washes you clean, he sets you apart to live a different kind of life. He restores you, he cleanses you, and he sets you up to do all things according to his will by the spirit of God. Hallelujah. Now, what's beautiful here, now I want to, if you have your Bibles, I'm just going to read something extra out of my notes here that I, I just thought, I think kind of makes the point here, and I've talked about this before, but I think this is one of the best examples in Scripture of what God's talking about, about being set apart and being shifted and changed and moved into a different direction. Okay, and it's the story of the rich young ruler. Okay, it says this in, in Mark 10, 17. It says, now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one's good but one, that is God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. 
And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. I've been holy. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way. Sell whatever you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. I love this. Those things that have your heart, get rid of those. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So get rid of the things that have your heart, right? And then he says, whatever you have, give to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven, right? And come take up the cross. Come live a life where you're actually sacrificing for the kingdom of God. You're giving away the things that you think you need so that you can serve God. It says here that he was sad at his word and went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. He went away sorrowful. What, what, what's amazing to me about this is Jesus always asks for everything. He always asks for everything. Part of being set apart is that there is nothing left in your control. Part of being holy is that he is in charge of all of it because he asks for all of it. Did you know that he asks for every single human on the earth, all of us, He says, will you let me take care of your money? Will you let me take care of your time? Will you give those things to me? Right? Doesn't he do that? Right? He has total conversation with the rich. Sell everything, give to the poor. You're going to get treasures in heaven. So, you know, if your heart's with me, if your heart's in heaven, then go ahead and give it away because I'm going to bless you. That's what God's saying. Go ahead and give it away because I got a blessing for you. Right? So isn't it interesting that when he says, take up the cross, like live a life where you're willing to die to self and you're dying to your flesh and you're dying to who you are. Do you know there's no single area that, that God reserves for us to control? He wants all of it. Okay. When you're married, you don't get to commit adultery because there's a covenant between you and your spouse. <laughs> Shocker. I know. That was the, whew, wow. Do you know that before you're married, you don't get sexual relations? Before you're married, because it's reserved for the covenant of marriage, because it protects you and it guards your heart and it guards your mind. Is God's perfect will for you for that to be the case? Amen? Okay. Whew. Boy, I get a little real, it gets quiet. Your sexual preferences need to be given to the Lord. Okay? And I feel like, it, like, like this is one of those things. He asks for all of it. He asks for all of it. He asks for all of who you are. I heard an amazing testimony of a hairdresser, a Hollywood hairdresser. He was a gay man. This guy is just, uh, was world famous and had all the top clients in the world. And he 
had this, account. he showed up at this church. Somebody said, you should check out this church. You know, so he sits in, like comes to a worship practice. He's sitting in the back and the presence of God comes on him. And he starts shaking, like vibrating. And he's like, I don't know what this is. Like, this is crazy, right? Like, this place is weird. Something funky's going on. And so he sits and he waits and he waits and he goes through the whole service, goes through the whole service. He's listening to the sermon. He's just weeping and weeping because the presence of God is just changing him. And he gets up and he goes, I'm giving my life to Jesus because I just encountered his goodness. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. And so he has this conversation with God. He, He wrote a book. I'm trying to remember the name of the book. Beautiful book. But he has this conversation with God about his sexuality. You know, because he had identified himself as a homosexual. So he's having this conversation and God says, will you give me that? And he points him right to this passage of the rich young ruler. And he says, listen, you can go away sad. I still love you. But will you give me everything? And so he said he would. He lost every single job that he had. He was completely ostracized because he came out and said, I'm not gay anymore, which is antithetical to that paradigm. You don't have a choice. It's just who you are. He's like, well, no, actually, God has totally changed me. Like even his desire shifted when he gave it to the Lord. This is his testimony. I'm not making something up. What's beautiful is that the spirit of God empowers lifestyle change. It's the Spirit of God that empowers lifestyle change. Do you know what's amazing? We don't care where you're at today. We don't care what your struggle is. Honestly, we don't. We love you. We're with you. We want to walk you through whatever God has for you. My prayer is always that we all choose to give everything to the Lord everything. Because let me tell you, it's a demonic stronghold if I think I can keep it over here. If I think I can withhold something from God or that I know better than what God would want for me, that's a demonic stronghold in our life. Are you guys okay? So I just wanted to take a moment on that because it is not through trying really hard. It is not through trying to go through conversion therapy or some garbage. It's like, you know what? It's the Spirit of God that changes our hearts. It's the Spirit of God that changes our lives. It's the Spirit of God that empowered Meek and I to date for two years and not have sex, okay? I'm just telling you, like we were able to pull that off by the Spirit of God. There's this, there's this reality, though, that we submitted our lives to Christ alone. And even when it's hard, even when it's hard, we learn to just be like, oh, there's a really big line in the sand, and we will never cross that. My, 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 my stepmom goes, Chris, what are you, Gandhi? Like, what are you talking about? Gandhi used to lay around with naked women all around him just to try and make himself more self-disciplined. And, you know, Meek and I were staying in the same room at this big retreat, but we weren't doing anything, right? Because there was a, I'm like, 
Like it's the spirit of God that allows us the ability to do things most people can't do. All right. Praise God. Praise God. I just, I just, I feel like this is so critical. We cannot force lifestyle change on people. We can't do it. I can say this is what the word of God says and the spirit of God can empower you to do that if you invite him in. If you don't invite him in to help change your life, guess what? Nothing's going to change. So quit blaming God when you haven't actually given God your whole life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Now, let me tell you what. The reason why I feel like this message is so critical and important because I want the pews full of people that need to give it all. Because there's this open invitation by the presence of God without any condemnation about where they're at today. No condemnation, no shame, no guilt. If I hear anybody backbiting or talking silly because of somebody's lifestyle, I will lose my mind. I will lose my mind. We have to love the way that Jesus loves. Oh, uh, where's your condemners? Where did they go? Where are they? Huh, weird. No one here is condemning you? Oh, the devil wants to accuse. The devil wants you to, like, listen. The devil would love for somebody to think that you're accusing them because you don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle. That's the ploy of the enemy today. Like, well, if you don't agree with everything I believe, then you must hate me. Do you know how you kick that door down? Radical love. Radical love kicks the door down. I will hang out with you. I will spend time with you no matter where you're at in your world, no matter what's going on in your life. I am not going to go anywhere. We're going to hang out. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to condemn you. I'm not going to be like, well, you just need a lifestyle change. No. Guess who changes lives? God does. I heard a great, great line. You know what we do? We fish. Jesus says that we're to be fishers of men. Do you know who catches the fish? God. Great example. He threw the nets over the boat. Who caught the fish? God. They just went fishing and God made the catch. And guess who cleans the fish? Guess who cleans the fish? God. God cleans the fish. It's not our job to clean fish. But let me tell you, if you don't live holy, you're not going to catch a thing. Whoo. All right. I think we're ready for the next level, church. Because... We've got to get our heart right on these issues if we're really going to see the hurt and broken come to Jesus. With no shame, no condemnation. You know what? Some people, I, it's funny, people hear I'm a pastor and they change their language real quick. <laughs> They'll be cussing, cussing, cussing. Well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Oh, I am so sorry. <laughs> I'm like, you should hear my wife. I mean, no, I mean, you should... Um, <laughs> Just, it was a bad, that was a bad joke. Um, the, the reality is, is that, that people will automatically want to be holy around holy. That's why some people will avoid you. 
because you just are different. You're holy. And then they, they feel a little guilty when they come around you. They don't want to be around you because you're holy. Guys, love better. Have all the sinners hung out with Jesus? Why? The most perfect, the most holy, because of the way he loved. You guys ready for point number three? Ready to move on? Okay, the Spirit produces his fruit. The Spirit produces His fruit. The Spirit of God makes us set apart by manifesting, manifesting His fruit in our lives. Um, I love this. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Let, wait, before I read it, let me just tell you. The fruit of the Spirit are the most admirable traits that all humanity strives to have. All humanity, every culture, every race wants these traits in abundance. They want to have peace. They long for these things. They want love. They want joy. They want peace. And they're, they're trying to find a thousand ways to find it, but it's the Spirit of God that will produce these traits in you and actually is the thing that makes you the most attractive people. Because if you carry the fruit of the Spirit, it's actually the thing that everybody wants. But this has to come by the Spirit of God. You can't force, I'm going to love you. This is not how it's supposed to work, right? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law, right? The manifestation of the Spirit is through a divine partnership. The Spirit's fruit comes by synergy between you and God. You could try to have love on your own, but man, it is a whole different level when God gets involved. Come on. There's synergy there between you and God and you produce a greater love, a greater joy, a greater peace, a greater patience, a greater kindness, a greater goodness, a greater gentleness, greater self-control, all of that, that faithfulness. You're able to be faithful when you don't even want to be faithful. Why? Because the Spirit of God is in you and you're now doing things. The fruit of the Spirit is manifesting because there's synergy between you and God. The Spirit in you. The Spirit in you. The Spirit in you affirms your sonship with God. This is our last point today. The Spirit in you affirms your sonship with God. And because this is a love relationship, we are set apart, we are made holy as a family. You're set apart as a son and a daughter of God. It is not just that you're set apart to manifest the fruit of the Spirit and have lifestyle change. All of that comes in the context of this deep relationship with God that says you were once lost and now you've been found. You're now once slave and now you're a son, right? You were once in darkness and now you're in the light. All of this means that you are now a son of God. 
There is a family, synergetic family communion with God through the Spirit of God. I'm going to read this in Romans 8, 12 through 16. It says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. God wants to do a work in you that sets you apart as a son of God. He wants to take your old identity and give you a new identity. He wants you to redefine who you are according to the Spirit of God as a son and daughter of the Most High. Will you stand with me? I used a couple, there are so many stories. There are so many stories in this room of people who were living crazy lifestyles, like horrible lifestyles. And God did a magnificent work in their life and changed them 180 degrees. I don't don't feel like I need to tell my story very often, but yeah, I was a sex addicted cocaine addict for years. That was me, alcoholic, drug addict. That was me. God flipped me around when I gave him everything. Some of you have even darker stories than I do. God is in the business of changing you from whatever you think you are today into what He says you are. God wants to partner with you so that your life is set apart. So that He's the Lord over every single part of your life. Your time, your money, your sexuality, your anxiety. He wants to be Lord over your fear. Over all of it. There's nothing, there's nothing he doesn't want to be intimately involved with because when he touches it, it's healed and it's made better. Whatever it is. So with that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life fully to Jesus if you haven't done that before. Maybe some of you are recognizing that actually I've been trying to control things a little too much on my own. I've been letting my own wisdom. Then this is your opportunity to give your life fully to Jesus this morning. He has a plan for your life and he wants to bless you. He wants you to be fully set apart for his purposes, for his work. And those places in your life where you have struggled to let him have control, where you've struggled uh, with your own identity or you struggled in any of those areas, I believe that God is here today to set you free and to be your rescue. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, we thank you, Jesus that you paid the price for our sin. 
we ask, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and just soften every heart. Father, the world right now is so confusing and so many things have changed in the last five years even. But God, you've never changed, not once. And your love for us has never moved. It has never moved, not once. I've moved all over the place, but God, you never moved. And Father, I thank you that you made a way for us to know you and to bring healing to our hearts that have been hurt. Those wounds that we have from our fathers and mothers, those wounds and traumas that we have from our childhood, those things that have been so painful for us and we've gone so many different places to solve that problem. God, I pray that every heart here would come to you this morning and that you would be their comfort. God, I ask right now that every single person here that feels the gentle pull of your Holy Spirit would give their lives completely to you. So Heavenly Father, I ask in Jesus' name that for every single one here that longs for a deeper relationship with you, God, will you draw them into that place right now? If you feel like that's you, that God's calling you into a deeper relationship and that you, you're going to recommit your life or give your life to Christ for the first time with every head bowed and eyes closed, I just want you to raise your hand as an act of faith. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, wow, God, you are so good. And I just right now just will encourage you and I'll have everybody pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would come and forgive me of all of my sin. Everywhere that I have failed, everywhere that I've been confused, everywhere where I have sinned, I ask that your blood would cleanse and wash every part of me. God, forgive me for trusting in myself more than you. I give my life to you today, fully and completely. I will choose today to be set apart, to be holy with you. Not for you, not for you but with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Will you guys give God praise?
Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.